So the, the title of the sermon is Know the Unknown. I promise I did not know that a fire alarm was getting ready to happen. Um, thanks for sticking it out. Back in 1995, this was for you young folks before Instagram, before Facebook, I was a freshman in college sitting in Johnstone. I had just transitioned out of being in my parents' home. I was sitting there. I was working a 40-hour-a-week job trying to figure out how to pay for this college education I was trying to attain. And um, I got overwhelmed. I can remember sitting in my dorm room staring at the wall about to completely break down because I was going down a path not knowing what was next. I didn't know if I was going to be able to sustain my desire to get a college degree. I didn't know if I was going to be able to sustain my girlfriend, the relationship at the time. I didn't know if I could keep up with 40 hours a week. That same day, my girlfriend at the time, that summer, had made me a little desktop flip calendar. I know this was before your phone would tell you what day of the week it was, but she made it, and I flipped the calendar to the day's date, and lo and behold, in front of me was this verse. This verse from Joshua. The verse was Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you. You see, at that point in time, it, it hit me that Joshua was in a state of transition. Moses was there before. Anybody know anything about Moses? Have ever heard of Moses? Ring a bell? No. Joshua was getting ready to go down into things like Jericho to fight a battle against a huge walled city. I was sitting there trying to figure out how I could get through Western Civ. Yet we had the same decree from God, and that was to follow his command to be strong and courageous. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. We thank you that even in the midst, and it seems comedy now of a fire drill, that you have brought us together and you continue to do so. And I praise you for that. I do pray that your word will be stronger than mine. And that in all we talk about today, that your plan and your promises will be delivered. In Christ's name, amen. So thank you all for joining. Um, This was all going to be way funnier before the fire drill. I was going to say a big thank you to everyone who I've not met. Thank you for being here. For the people who I know, thank you for not leaving during the fire drill or the prayer. Thanks for sticking it out. <laughs> um, really am glad you're here at Two Rivers. My name is Nathan Holloman. I am one of the elders here at Two Rivers. Um, I am not a preacher by trade, so good luck for the next bit of time. Um, but we're going to bring, I'm going to bring before you here a passage that's really been resonating with me personally over the last couple months, and it's been resonating with me for a long time, as I mentioned earlier. Um, when I was a kid, I had a different name. I wasn't known as Nathan. I was known as Little Nathan. I know, that may seem funny, looking at me now. Um, but there was a Big Nathan also. Big Nathan was my grandfather. I was named after him, and as a kid, everything I wanted to be was to be like my grandfather. My grandfather was quite possibly one of the, the coolest men I knew. He, he was so cool, his name was Nathan Silas 
Jackson Davis because being the ninth child in his family, they apparently still needed some names to use up. So they used all four on him. Um, but he was, he, was, he was epic in my life. He was huge. He was, he was, he was really my rock as a kid. Um, and like many children, I mean, he was my hero. He's who I looked up to. Everything I, everything I wanted to be, like I said, was to be like him. He could do anything. He served our country. And from there, he, he needed a job, so he went and drove a bus. And then from there, he, he did just about anything and everything he could until he finally worked his way into being a police officer. Um, when I was a kid, I can remember how cool it was to see him coming in off of his late shift, still wearing his uniform, and he would let us help take his, you know, his gun belt off and things like that. Um, he, was, he was really just this powerful figure in my life. Um, but what really impacted me most about him is I grew, well, I grew up in a Baptist church. And I know for many of you, you're like, yeah, you did. And then for the rest of you, you're like, now it makes sense. Um, either way, it's my story. Don't make fun of it. Um, but I grew up in a Baptist church, and part of the things about being Baptist is, is that you, they believe in believer's baptism. So you're not actually baptized until you come to faith and acknowledgement and you go before the committee to do so. And for me, that was right around 12. I came to faith. Um, part, part of my story with that, though, is, is that I came to faith and I was baptized, or in a Baptist church, I was dunked, put underwater, and I walked out the baptismal um, tub, turned around, and watched my grandfather do the same thing. Part of my story, and part of my great tie to my grandfather is, is that he found faith right around the same time I did. My grandfather, who I thought was the strongest man in the world, became even stronger. And I realized at that point in time that the person who was before me the legacy that I wanted to live up to, the, the, the epic man, his greatest desire was to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So, I know, you're probably asking, what's that have to do with Joshua? So, well, let's talk about Joshua a little bit. Um, for those of you who came in this morning and said, hey, great, it's going to be a short Sunday. I know we didn't, weren't playing on a fire drill. And then you came in and you saw the whole first chapter of Joshua and you probably said, okay, Nathan's talking, so it'll still be short. We're also going to talk about Deuteronomy 34 a little bit, so good luck. Um, but let's, let's really just talk about what's happening here. So the passage that Jeff read to us is, again, a transition of power. Um, when we look at what's happening in Deuteronomy, um, does anybody here know what was going on in the Deuteronomy? We're a small crowd. We can be a little interactive. Anyone? has to do with Moses. Okay, Moses dies. Um, but right before he dies, they are on the brink of entering where? Promised land, thank you. Okay, so what have they been doing before? They've been wandering around. Um, kind of like me, refusing to ask Google for directions. Um, they just had God taking them on a different, circuitous path to get them to the promised land. Um, Moses is commonly known as one of the strongest men in the Old Testament. Um, God spoke to him. I mean, Moses got to do so many cool things, right? Um, but in doing so, we, we have a man coming on, his, on, on the cusp of that, and that's Joshua. Joshua was Moses' assistant. He was one of them. Um, he wasn't the only one. Mo, I mean, there were, anybody know how many people were in the promised land? 
or going into the promised land? That's a trick question. I don't know either. They started out with like 500,000, and then they picked up people, they lost people, so I don't know the answer to that. Um, but it's not a small crowd. It's not like us. It's not like we just got together and said, okay, let's go over to Daniel Island. Um, and in doing so, we're going to cross over the, the Cooper. It's, it's a little bit different story. But when Moses um, prepared for himself, when he was going through this, God worked with him through the end of Deuteronomy. You see him beginning to transition Joshua into a place of authority, into a place of power. What Moses is doing is, is Moses doesn't know what's going to be fully next, but what he is very clear in, what God is very clear with him in, is, is that he's not going to enter into the promised land. Um, Joshua gets to take that step. He gets to move him forward. Um, does anybody know why Moses doesn't go into the promised land? Anyone? Back in Numbers, there was this thing with a rock and water, and Moses didn't do it. God wanted him to, and so in doing so, um, God was displeased. And so God, as part of the, the weight of that sin, was Moses didn't get into the promised land. Anybody know how God showed Moses mercy? What's that, Barb? He didn't kill him on the spot. That's true. But he did something even cooler. And that's toward the end. They're getting close to the promised land. And by God's leading, Moses ended up at the top of Mount Pisgah. And he's able to see the promised land. While he's not able to enter the promised land, it's by God's grace that he's able to see it. So fast forward a little bit, and now we're sitting here and we're looking at Joshua. Joshua is getting ready to take over and drive the people into the promised land. They have to do this little thing. They have to cross the River Jordan in order to do so. Um, and I thought about this as I've looked through this passage, because um, one of the things about this passage you'll find is, is that um, there's, a, there's a lot of confirmation. There's a lot of um, do not be, um, be strong and courageous is used four times in this passage. Um, there's a lot of things about using the word frightened. And I've often wondered, well, maybe the Jordan was a real daunting task. I mean, you've got hundreds of thousands of people. You're getting ready to move across a river. And when you look at this, does anybody know how wide the Jordan River is? Give or take. Bill? So it was estimated to be about 10 yards wide, um, below flood stage. But this was in the height of the flood season. So it was a little bit more of a, of a raging um, river going through it. But I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, that's not even as wide as the river here. I mean, you could get across that, right? You could figure it out. But the truth of the matter is, is it's God's plan, and, and there's a lot going on here with that. And the fear isn't crossing the river. The fear is what's to come on the other side. It's how are we going to be delivered into the promised land. So, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... And the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, assistant, um, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over the Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving to them. Every, um, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give to you, just as I promised Moses. This is pretty big, because keep in mind, Joshua was with Moses all through the wilderness. So do you think Joshua would have faith that God's promise is true? 
Does it mean that we don't question that still? <laughs> I think it's there. Um, So in doing so, basically this is a continuation of God calling His people home. It's God leading a new um, person to deliver them from their, from their bondage. That bondage being um, coming out of Egypt. A couple things that I thought were interesting that I will point out. Um, anybody know the story of Moses when he was born? Something cool happened? Any kids in the room? Know anything about it? Princess? Give away? Anybody? That's right. Moses was hidden in the, in the river, in the reeds, in a basket. Um, something cool about Joshua is, is Joshua was hidden in the Nile as well. Um, the reason for it is, is Joshua was born in the same time, similar time, under the same decree, and would have been perished as a child if not for that same type of thing. There's a lot of overlap in that. Um, in looking at this, you know, they went from the wilderness to the Great River. Um, the Great River, of course, being the Jordan. Um, the idea behind this, when we look at this passage, isn't that, um, that it's something truly symbolic, although it is symbolic, but they actually had to physically do the actions at, at play. Um, Joshua had to be dedicated to the action as well as to the, um, the symbolism behind the calling of the Lord. Something we all need to be aware of as well. In Joshua one, um, in Joshua one six through nine, this is where we look at the um, really the conditions of the promise of the victory. Um, so when we look at that, we see uh, key takeaways such as be strong and courageous. We see that um, you may observe to do according to the law. Um, we also see in there that for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And the, my favorite part of that is for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, when Joshua crossed over into the promised land, anybody know what he did right away? Okay, he raised an Ebenezer. Um, and part of the reason for raising Ebenezer is, is when you follow Joshua through, he doesn't just go in and automatically tackle um, you know, Jericho, which a lot of people jump into, but he, the first thing he does is raises an Ebenezer, which for those of you who don't know, an Ebenezer is a, basically a tower of rocks, um, and they're symbolic. Um, but the symbolism here is, is the, what God has said he has done. Um, God delivers his people into um, the promised land. God can do the same for us. Another part of this passage that I'll just point out, just because I think it's interesting, is, is this transition happens pretty quickly. Moses dies, Joshua's anointed and appointed, and then within three days they cross the river. It's pretty quick. Part of that is because it's God's timing. I think back to, um, for me, when I was in college, the year after I came to my calendar, um, I got a call that my grandfather had passed away. I can't imagine doing anything three days after that. Um, for us, oftentimes, our timing is more important than God's. But God's is the timing that we need to know, even in our uncertainty. 
as we continue to look through this passage, there's a couple of other things that I do want to point out and make sure that um, we touch on. Um, a little later on in the passage, if you look down toward uh, passage parts of 12, saying to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the word of the, that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them. What's happening here? Well, the first time I read this, I didn't know what was happening. Um, but the more you read into it, is the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribes that's being referred to, they're, they're looking at land on one side of the river, well, the promised land is being delivered elsewhere. These are brothers in faith who are coming alongside and helping those go forward. Um, I say that, and I was impacted this week just in a conversation I had um, with a fellow brother in the importance that we have to be willing to be part of someone else's solution when they're uncertain. We can walk hand in hand with our brothers. We need to walk hand in hand. We're called to walk hand in hand with our brothers. So, as we continue to, to, to look through this passage and we look through all this to come, I do want to point out that strong, the word strong is found in this passage repeatedly. Um, and it is always paired with courageous. It's found, um, the reason I say that and point it out is because we are called to be the same. We're called to be strong and courageous in all that we do and all that we face. And to think about it, strong able to withstand great force or pressure, courageous, not being deterred by danger or pain. When we face struggles, how do we handle it? When we are sitting staring at the unknown, how do we feel confident going forward in what is known? The call upon us is to go before the Lord. It's to continue to take on God's provision for us and to know that He will provide us that strength and He will also give us the ability to be courageous. Um, A few weeks ago, part of the reason that I think this passage has been resonating with me is the job I work in, which is a software company, my team was reorganized. We were moved into a whole different division. Um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. I'm, for those of you who don't know me, I'm stuck strongly in good old middle management. Um, there's probably an office joke somewhere in there. Um, but one of the things when you work for a large corporation is, is that you are given information only when you need it. <laughs> Never before. Um, this has left me in a sense of unbalance because I like to be in control. I like to know what's next. Um, I had a brief conversation with some of my teammates about this reorganization, which led to a sidebar conversation with someone named Chevet on my team. Um, I've known her for quite a long time. She knows about my faith, and she just said to me, she said, Nathan, I don't know what God's doing. I'm scared. And I told her, I said, I said, let me just share with you, take off my managerial hat, 
have, you have to do that at Blackboard, which is where I work. You have to do that so the HR doesn't come after you. You have to specifically say, I'm taking no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I shared with her a verse. Um, anybody know what verse it was? I'll give you a hint. On Monday, Shavay said, Nathan, I just want to thank you for speaking directly to me about your faith and the challenges we're facing. It was a great encouragement. And I found this, and I bought it for you. Um, and it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, I just share that simply because everything we do, no matter what the change is, the change could be something minor. Should we, should we look at a new house? Should we plan for another child? Should we look at marriage? Should I, you know, relocate my, my career? Should I, um, whatever that next step is, it's going to cause unknown. When I walked up here, a fire alarm went off, completely unknown. I'm pretty sure if I asked every single one of you if you planned on in the middle of church standing outside in the sunshine, warming up, you all would have said that's unknown. Joshua was entering into a world of unknown, but he knew through the power of Christ, which he saw directly. Um, Joshua had cool things. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the Old Testament. Um, As you all know, the person of God in the Old Testament was shown in really amazing ways. I mean, things like pillars of fire and plumes of smoke, uh, water gushing out of rocks, a burning bush, um, tablets with Ten Commandments, um, all these different things. So, and I was just thinking about that. I was like, well, what do we have today that helps us illustrate that? And one thing that hit me is just think about Joshua and the name Joshua. The name Joshua in Hebrew means Jehovah is generous. Jehovah saves. In the Old Testament, Joshua was chosen to succeed Moses as leader of the Israelites. His birth name was Hashia, which means salvation. And Joshua, the shortened form of Jehoasha, I probably just butchered that, means Jehovah is salvation. Joshua was the name that, um, that, of Jesus in the Hebrew. And that if you just thinking about what we're hearing here is, is that even then, Joshua is a presentation of what's to come through Christ. Christ is what we, we find our hope in. It's where we get our strength. Um, I think about today, how do we find our provision? And what resonated with me here is Philippians 4. Philippians 4 says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. Now that at length you have received your concern for me, you were indeed um, concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking in being in need, for I have learned um, in whatever situation I am to be content. I know now to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, because I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Christ is where we find out how to know in the unknown. The great thing and the beauty of this is Christ is in us. When my grandfather passed away, 
I wasn't sure how I was going to continue. Um, like I said, he was my hero. He was my idol. And my world didn't seem right without him. I can only imagine being in Joshua's shoes, staring out, looking at the steps he has to take, where previously he would have done it in diligence and in obedience to his, to his Moses. But instead he was called to step out and be the leader. When I went back home that summer after my grandfather passed away, I went and found his Bible and I opened it up and dog-eared was Deuteronomy 34. Deuteronomy 34 comes right before Joshua 1. And in that is where Moses is preparing Joshua prior to his death for what's to come. Let's work to be prepared for what our next steps are and take confidence in that, that we have a God who loves us and is walking with us each step of the way. Let me pray for us. Almighty God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Lord, you delivered your people through multiple men by your power and by your plan. Lord, I pray that as we go about this day, that we can take and heed and know that you're our God, delivering us step by step each way. Amen.